Laos is a memory to me now. I see it as a series of mental photographs. Flying in low over the Mekong, the brown river full of sediment snaking its way through the lush green jungle. Early morning roosters waking you before the cool of the morning burns off. Stray dogs everywhere. Old men playing chess by the river. That rickety walkway of the old bridge over the Mekong. Giving sticky rice and other treats to the monks in the morning. The sleepy streets after 10 p.m. when the business curfew kicks in. Cafe Lao. Oh, cold bottles of beer Lao. Fresh fruit juice, massive papayas. That morning market, those villages to the north. The sticky rice and banana leaves sold from the older women. Hitching a ride across the U-shaped Mekong River on that barge. Getting lost in the jungle with Kevin, losing our shoes, sliding through that muddy trail that sliced through the trees. Kwangsi Falls. Honestly, better than what I ever saw in my dreams. Talking to Vaughn brings it all back. And it makes me want to see more. Greetings, Voyagers. Welcome to the Voyages of Tim Vetter podcast. This is episode number 102, Mommy Eats Fried Grasshoppers. All right, so this morning I drove from San Diego to Corona, California. And the reason I drove there is because I was meeting my guest, Von Bender, who is a dietitian, but the reason I had her on is because she wrote a children's book. She is from Laos, and the book sort of normalizes Lao culture for American kids, and it juxtaposes Vaughn's childhood with that of the childhood of her daughters here in the States sort of showing them the different ways that she grew up and sort of educating them on their, their Lao culture and on Lao history. And I thought that was really, really cool. Um, you know, I'm a, I'm a proponent, obviously, of um, experiencing other people's cultures, of learning about other people's cultures, and sharing in other people's cultures. I say this later in the episode, but recently someone said to me, when are you happiest? And I thought about it for a while and I said, you know, when I'm traveling and, I'm, and I sit down to a meal with strangers and, you know, we have a couple beers and I have delicious food from another culture and we talk and we learn about each other and we laugh. Often when I'm in another country, it's like you're eating outside. It's a communal setting. Uh, I just love all that. To, to me, that, that's sort of the height. Of, of existing. I love it. And so today I was kind of surprised that Vaughn's entire family showed up. I mean, it was incredible. It was amazing. She had her kids there, her husband, her mom, her sister, her sister's kids. We went to, what is it? Uh, sorry about that. We went to Crazy Kai's um, Lao barbecue, which first of all, I mean, oh, the food was amazing. Um, but having everybody there and sort of, you know, celebrating in the fact that we were doing this podcast, it was amazing. And, oh man, I'm, I get like emotional. What is wrong with me nowadays, man? I've, I've really grown soft in my old age here. Um, but it was really special. And 
it was nice to see everybody excited about doing the podcast and about sharing in their culture and sort of like inviting me into their, into their family. And, uh, Vaughn said that I have a, a Laos soul now, which honestly like means a lot to me. It's really, really cool to, you know, to now have a, a community and friends there in Corona. Man, let's talk about the food for a second though. Um, whew, Laos sausages and, um, ribs and chicken and papaya salad. There's something called Lao beef jerky. And actually, they, I saw this the other day when I was in San Diego as well, when I was eating in a, a Laotian restaurant. It's not really beef jerky in the sense that you would think about like American, like like jack links or something like that, beef jerky. It's more like, um, like the consistency is like, like pepper steak or something like that, like... Um, like stir fried type of like beef. I'm really not doing it justice here. Sorry, everybody, but um, amazing food. Oh, uh, Thai teas. Only thing, only thing that would have made it better is a little beer lao. Beer lao is amazing. Um, beer lao dark. Oh. Anyway, so I had an amazing time eating and hanging out and learning about their culture and recording this podcast here for you. So we talked about the book. Um, we talked about her upbringing in Laos. I talked about the limited experience I have uh, in the short amount of time that I was in Luang Prabang. Man, I need to go back. Hmm. Anyway, okay, Voyagers, I've rambled enough. Enjoy this conversation. This is episode 102, Mommy Eats Fried Grasshoppers. Well, first I'll say thank you. It's, I mean, it's amazing first to meet you and to have you on the podcast, but I guess I'll set the setting for people. Um, this is a place called Crazy Kai's. Yeah. Okay. So we're at Crazy Kai's uh, Lao Barbecue and it's incredibly delicious. He was telling me that this might even be like the only Lao barbecue in the country. And Corona. And Corona. Okay. <laughs> maybe country. Yeah. yeah. But well, maybe. For sure in Corona. Yeah. Help me out with one thing, too. Uh, I, I, I remember talking about this when I had Manila on here, who I was telling you about, but yeah. can I use Lao and Laotian interchangeably? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Lao's a little easier, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. So thank you. I mean, this is incredible. Uh, the hospitality is amazing. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. Again, we were talking before, but it's like being back in Luang Prabang, like the tastes. Oh. Um, yeah, it's incredible. Yeah. It's such a... I love this restaurant. It, it's just... Has everything Lao, you know? Yeah, I was. I mean, I was surprised to hear from you that there wasn't really a Lao community here. Not, not as much, yeah. you know. So um, I think I know we just got our butt Lao in Corona. Ah. Um, not like maybe I don't know twenty minutes or thirty minutes from here. Okay. But slowly, but yeah, but not not so much in Corona. I've I've seen like on your Instagram. Yeah. Sometimes when people send in like pictures of the book, which is really cool. Yeah. But um, different like Buddhist temples, the Wats. Yeah. Is yeah. there a, a place of worship around here? Yeah. There's um, there's one in Riverside. Okay. And there's one in uh, Marino Valley, and I know there's a new one that I was telling you about the Vat um, the Vat Corona. Oh, okay. I haven't been to that one because that's a newer one. Okay. So yeah. And I was surprised like. I didn't know what to expect in San Diego and I was just like going past the strip mall and there was a loud grocery and then an actual restaurant next door to it and like a massage parlor. Like it was a whole strip mall of like yeah. loud stuff. And yeah. that's, how, that's how I was preparing for today. Like, yeah, yeah. In San Diego, I think that's like um, the most concentrated Lao, uh, really? Lao population Yeah, in California. Oh, that's awesome. I yeah. didn't know that. Yeah, that's like the Lao city. Uh, you know, like each city there's like... Um, um, like a Chinatown, like, yeah. like Lao Town, you know? Exactly, yeah. Mm -hmm, definitely. Yeah, because back in New York, there's one place I know of in Manhattan 
And then again, Manila, who I talked about, does like pop-up stuff and events, yeah. but there's not a huge community. Oh, of La- Lao people? Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I've never been to New York. That's interesting. Yeah, you got to get there. Yeah, I need to. <laughs> yeah. I need to. I'm going to get into the, the book and everything, but I want to sort of sure. um, maybe give like the context of, of your life first. Okay. Uh, so you were born in Laos. Yes, I was. Where Whereabouts? I was born like um, Vieng Chan, you know, kind oh, of yeah. there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And you moved at the age of seven? Yeah, about age seven, you know, after the Vietnam War. Yeah, so I was going to say, going to kind of ask you this. You know, I, I've, I've read the book, um, yeah. and, and I'm, I'm curious about if your memories of your childhood are, like, peaceful memories or yes. if, if they were rough because well, of what was happening. You know, my, my childhood, well, the book is based on my original childhood. So, like, when you see the book, those are all happy memories, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, for some reason, I could remember. So, when I, when, I, when I think of my memories, I think of, like, organic, the lush of Laos, the beautiful, like, sunrise, sunset, you know, like, just so picturesque, like, Hawaii or, like, a vacation. That's mm-hmm. how I remember Laos. Um, so... That's most of my childhood, like just getting up in the morning and you just open the door and you just go and play. Yeah. And you come home for dinner or pick up grasshoppers and a way to snack on, you know? Yeah, yeah. But that's pretty much my life in Laos. Wait, when you say pick up grasshoppers, like fried grasshoppers or just grasshoppers? Oh, you know when I'm out there in, <laughs> if I see a grasshopper here and there, I just pick it, you really? know, like catch it in my hand and bring it home and fry it up. Wow. You know, it's just so organic. Yeah, you were telling me earlier that there isn't really like a Lao concept of vacation because every day is sort of relaxed. Yes, yes. So if you ask like Lao elders, you know, it's like, do you guys vacation or, you know, they don't because I think if you, you know, because Lao life is so kind of like relaxed. Uh-huh. It's, it's what you would do on vacation, right? Yeah. So, yeah, so um, so the, the idea of going to a place to vacation, I just remember our family never vacationed in Laos. Like, where would you go, you know? Yeah. So it's, um, so the concept of vacation, because when we think of vacation, it's to get away from our hectic life, right? Right. I mean, like, what comes in your mind when you think of vacation? Yeah, but you're not at work. <laughs> you're right? escaping work. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So in Laos, you, you're escape. It's like you had to escape vacation or something. Like you, you know uh, what I mean. Like yeah. It's not hectic because in in true Lao, I think um, culture way back when I, you know, what I can remember is there's not really time. Mm. You know, like you get up when the rooster croaks and the sun um, rise and then the sun set. So there's not really this element of time. Yeah. Rush, right? I think I understand that. Uh, yeah. Like I was saying when I was in Luang Prabang, yeah, you, you got up with the roosters because they're crowing yeah. and you don't have a choice. <laughs> yeah. So I, it's a very relaxed life. I yeah. Think. And yeah, I, I hope this is fair to say, but like Luang Prabang is not, you know, there's no like metropolis, right? It's yeah. not, uh, you know, as built up and developed as a lot of other places. Yeah. And so I would imagine then even like when you were growing up is probably even less so. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I can remember the road to go to the morning market is dirt. Uh-huh. And I would walk there with my grandma with my flip-flop, you know? And when I come back, my feet would be all dirty. Yeah. But it's all good. It's like good dirt, right? Organic dirt, you know? Right. So it's, that's kind of like the lifestyle. Like there's nothing commercial really. You know? Yeah, it's funny because I had this in my notes and we were talking about this before. Yeah. But uh, there's sort of, I don't know, an American or a Western concept of like healthy living for for a while. And nowadays we're talking, right, we're talking about organic. Like you mentioned dirt. We're learning about things like, you know, I I know you're a dietitian, like like gut health and uh, early exposure to bacteria early in life, how it actually helps you to build up your immune system. Yes. And these are all things that people that are living in a more traditional way have always been doing. That's right. And <laughs> sort of our, like, our consciousness now uh, and our idea about healthy lifestyles is returning to that. Yes. It's interesting. <laughs> no, it, it, it is, you know, because sometimes like you don't know what you have until it's gone, right? Yeah. So back in Laos, like, if you think about it, it's like, yeah, you know what? We ate stuff that 
probably set out longer than two hours. So that's kind of like the rule. Yeah. You know, if food sits out for two hours within like the danger zone, you, you're not supposed to have it because it can cause like food poisoning or whatever. So with Lao people, the food stays out. Yeah. You know, because our gut is stronger just because the food that we're eating and what we're used to, our environment, you know? Yeah, I distinctly remember that too when I went like north of the Mekong. Yeah. Seeing, you know, it's really hot. Yeah. And you see it, like the like butcher stalls, the meat's out there all day. It's a little loud, huh? All right, yeah, we'll pause it. Okay. It's okay. It was my mom. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, sorry. We're like, we're taking this place over. I feel bad. No, don't worry. Uh, um, but what was they saying? Yeah, like, so north of the Mekong, um, you'd see just meat out in stalls. And I think maybe for some Westerners or travelers, like, it's like, oh, God, like, that's not sanitary. But, like, people are okay. <laughs> yeah. No, definitely. Because, like, um, because their gut bacteria is different there. Yeah. Right? Versus, because in America, everything is sanitized. Yep. Everything is clean, right? So in Laos, like, if you drop something, I think it's beyond, like, five minutes rule, second, you know what I mean? It's, so. ne- it's necessity, too, right? If you yeah. kill a chicken in front of you, uh, you don't want to waste that, that meat and then have to go yeah. kill another chicken. And, you know, not that everyone's killing chickens, but, like, yeah, I, I've seen it. Yeah. 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 It, we were also talking, and you just mentioned about the markets. Like, do you have distinct memories of a markets from when you yes, were a kid? Yes, So I, I just remember, like, it's almost like a swap meet, you know, if you can imagine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a swap meet, but they're, um, so it's like we have a morning market and, an, and like, an afternoon market. So, um, you know, a lot of the food's not refrigerated here. You would never see what back, back then, you know, frozen meat. Mm. That's, like, so weird, you know? Like, meat, our meat is never really frozen. Yeah. So we would go to the market and just buy what we need for the day. So we buy with what we have. We don't really have anything in excess, actually. Yeah. And then the next day, you just go back to the market. So yeah, so the market is wonderful. Like, you can taste. Like, you can taste food. You can smell food. It's noisy. Like, all your senses, you know? Yeah. The taste, the smell, the sound. So. And eating... This is one thing I love about traveling, and I, I feel that here today because you've got the whole crew here. Like, eating is very communal, you know? There's no, like, rushing to the fast food place, eating in your car on the way from, like, work yeah. to, to, your, to your second place of work. It's, we sit down and we eat together and we share it. Yeah, definitely. Because, yeah. you know, our culture is very communal. Mm-hmm. It's not, like, singular, really. Yeah. So when we eat, we like to eat at the table. Um, we like to share our food because a lot of our culture is about sharing yeah. and the food is so important. You know, like um, when you say to eat, it's gin kao, right? Gin kao. Gin kao mean like eat rice. Ah. rice is like when you ask someone, did you eat yet? You're actually saying, did you eat rice yet? Really? Because the rice is so, it's in, it's in every meal because that's our starch, right? So here, you, like in America, you, you have bread, yeah. you have potato, you have um, tortillas, other, other starches. Like in our Lao culture, it's just sticky rice. That's our starch, like, you know, maybe noodles, but it's based on, but noodle is made with sticky rice. Yeah. So, yeah, the word gin kao is eat rice. Oh. So to ask you, like, did you eat yet? So you're actually saying, Ginkau, Ginkau. Yeah. yeah, there's, there's actually, I, I, I laughed at one point in the book when it's like the juxtaposition is your daughter eating breakfast cereal yeah. and you're talking about like rice with eggs. Yeah. And I thought it was funny because traveling has like ruined the traditional American diet for me. <laughs> like, no, honestly, like I can't sit and eat a bowl of cereal. Oh. Or like coming back after the six months, Maybe here, because this was really hot, but like yeah. the, the papaya was really hot. But like the level of heat, like how do you go from having like sambal in Indonesia to like Frank's red hot sauce here? Like it's, yeah. it, they are not equal. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I just, <laughs> a personal anecdote from reading the book, but. Yeah, that's true. Um, I think one thing that maybe, that beeping is probably harsh for people. So I apologize to people, but we'll, we'll be okay. Okay. Um, I think maybe one thing that people don't really know is like how much Laos was affected um, 
from, you know, the American war with Vietnam. Yeah. And so I have a quote here that I'm going to read. This is, we were talking about legacy of war before. Yeah. And it's often referred to as the secret war, but just so people can sort of understand. It says, from 1964 to 1973, the United States dropped more than 2 million tons of ordnance, so bombs, on Laos during 580,000 bombing missions, equal to a plane load of bombs every eight minutes. Um, and it says up to a third of the bombs did not explode. Mm. So, I mean, you even see this now in places you see it in Vietnam too, but like, and you hear about it, but there are still people that are stepping on mm. bombs that have not been exploded yet. Yeah. Um, you, you and your family left Laos as refugees. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So we, we left, um, so we came to America, I think 19... Like December 1979. Okay. So you know we were in Thailand for like a year at the in refugee a camp camps. There. Yeah. Yeah. So like late 80s. I mean late 1970s when we left. So. Do you have memories of that? Because I'd imagine that would be really confusing for a seven-year-old. Yeah, I, I just remember because you know you. I remember being on the boat that we're escaping. You know, mm. like we were on this ship for like three months and. Um, I think my, because, you know, we came with my, my mom and my grandparents, but they did a really good job, like, protecting the children, you know, as they come. So, as a child, if your parents do not tell you stuff, you don't know. Mm. So, I didn't really know, because I was with my family, and they did a really good job of protecting us, make sure we have food, clothes, and love, you know? Yeah, so as that's a child, amazing. Yeah, like, as a refugee child... Um, you just want to make sure you have those things. And I think that's what kept me sane. And also, like, um, you know, in the book, it, it has that doll that I make, you know, with my daughter. That's the dolls that I would make on the boat or oh, on the really? journey and kept me company. Yeah. You know, so all those little toys that I make in the book, those are the things that I get to make. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, even, like, in Thailand, we were there for a year. And um, Still, not not a lot of bad memory. Okay. Just because I think our our family did such a good job. Oh, you're lucky. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Just like loving us, you know, like yeah. showing us like, hey, we're here for you, and having that. So, um, so my memory of it was more of like being with the family. Oh and, wow. And being protected a lot from from what's going on. That's amazing. You know? Yeah. When you came to the U.S., you came to California. No. Um, we went to, um, Illinois. Oh, really? Yeah. Was there like a loud community there? No, our sponsor was there. Oh, okay. you know, people have to sponsor you to come. You just can't randomly. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, our sponsor's there. And so we were there for, for like, um, first until I was like fourth grade, maybe four to five years. Wow. So... I mean, what's that like? Because even in terms of the climate's different, but you come here, I'm assuming then you're entered into like public schools and you don't speak English. Yeah. Uh, I mean, what was that like? Yeah, it was pretty gnarly because um, <laughs> even like the temperature. Okay, so when you, when you live in a tropical place, uh. you only have tropical clothes, right? Yeah. Okay, so when we land in Illinois, it was in December. Oh my God. So you can imagine, I remember we came like at nighttime and driving through, I see snow. It's like, what is that white stuff? Honestly, it looks like Mars. Like, you enter the, the toilet zone, yeah. you know? It's like, whoa, what the heck is this? So when we got out, it's like super cold. But we were so fascinated, me and my sisters, you know, and my brother, because we want to touch that snow. It's like, you know, you never seen... Imagine if you never seen snow. Yeah, like, yeah, of course. For the first time ever. So you're touching it. You're like, oh, my God, it's cold. But at the same time, we had, like... Like um, tropical clothes on, you know. Yeah. So it was it was interesting. So for the rest of like December, I think we stayed inside, but we wanted to be outside just to see snow and things like that. Wow. But so that was, I think, just culture shock, really. Yeah. You know, just just imagine if you never been to a tropical place. And, yeah, of course. You know, vice versa. And you were talking earlier about even like you know, for your mom not speaking English, like it's difficult to order food somewhere. Yeah. So like even being here, like you see how happy she is eating and yeah. Yeah. Um, Exactly. You're right. And I I had read that like one of the motivations, early motivations you had was to, was 
to like learn English as fast as possible, right? Yeah, yeah, because you know, because because my especially my grandparents would say, "Hey, this is our new home." Yeah. So we're not going back. This is our new home, so we have to do whatever we can to acculturate. You yeah. Know? So we're like, okay, then we got you know we got to do what the Romans do per se, right? Yeah. So we had to learn how to speak English. We had to do a lot of these things because our elders didn't speak English. So they also depended on us to trans um, translate. Yeah. So if we go to the grocery store, um, the doctors, you know, so they they needed us. So the pressure was on too. Like you know, even as a child, I had to go to take my parents or my grandparents to the doctors to the grocery store. Wow. Um, even like at the school, you know, um, if the principal wanted to talk to my parents, they can't show up. They don't speak English, you know. Right. So I would be there um, to tell them my parents aren't here. You know that type of thing. Wow. So you 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 kind of take on that role too. Yeah. In addition to like translating. Was it difficult, um, sort of like acclimating yourself to like, you know, the the culture of your peers? Like, I don't know. Would you would you come to school with like a lao lunch and? Yeah. Well, you know. Um, well, I think. Um, I, well, because I didn't speak any English, right? So uh-huh. I remember when I um, when I it was my first day, and the teacher probably introduced me. I don't know. She must say like, "This is." This is a new student from Laos or something like that. But um, I so much want to say, hey, you know, yeah. my name is Velavon. I'm so happy to be here. I want to be your friend. But I couldn't say anything. And so I didn't even know how to say anything, really. Maybe just like, hi. Um, so my classmate thought I was super shy. And they said, oh, she's so shy. She doesn't talk. But inside me, I'm like, oh, my God, I have so much to sh- yeah. say. So it was kind of hard, you know. And, um, and sometimes you, I got made fun of because of my accent and mm. things like that later, you know. Got into a few fights, you know. Because, really? Because when you can't speak, you're trying to mm. figure out things. And sometimes kids are mean. So Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, like, Illinois is a pretty white place, yeah. um, you know. People are much more conscious in 2019 than they were, you know, yeah. in like in 1980. Yeah. Um, and also, like for whatever reason, like I can remember, I can remember kids being really cruel. Yeah. And like when you're a young kid, I'll give the perspective of like a young white kid. Yeah. A- and you don't know anything about the world, like. Yeah. Asians are Chinese, right? Yeah, like every yeah. Asian you see is, yeah. oh, that's a, a Chinese person. That's and it's true. like a super like yeah. pretty racist way to like yeah. to to view an entire continent of 48 countries. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I would imagine that, you know, kids from Illinois did not have much exposure to Lao culture. So that must have been kind of tough for you. Yeah, 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 they were. You know, like I said, I got into a few fights, you know, but. Um, did you win? <laughs> yeah, most, yeah, most good. of the time. All right. Because my grandpa was the one that taught me how to fight. Really? Yeah. Whoa. I, I remember I went home one day. I was crying, you know. He's like, what's wrong? I said, oh, I got beat up. Because they wanted um, these kids, they just want me to. Because back then, like, Kung Fu was in. Uh-huh. I don't know if you watch. It's the show is called Kung Fu. Yeah, of course. Okay, so so they, the kids wanted me to, like, throw them some Kung Fu move, you know. Oh, my God. I'm like, oh, no, I don't know how to Kung Fu, so... <laughs> I don't know. So I got home and I'm all crying. And grandpa's like, hey, stop crying. Come to the backyard. He's like, I'm going to teach you how to fight. Whoa. So he's like, this is what you do. You know, he showed me or whatever. He's like, okay, tomorrow, tell me how it goes, you know. Wow. So I I did what he told me. And he's like, well, how did it go today? I said, oh, I think I won. He was like, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, I, I probably showed them some Kung Fu. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're not advocating violence, but hey, sometimes bullies have to be put in their place. Yeah. No, you're, no we're, we're not. Not at all. But it's just totally self-defense. Yeah. You know what I mean? But it's just like, I didn't know how to navigate myself. Yeah. Right? Because in Laos, I walk to school by myself and I walk home by myself. So my parents, like, they didn't know that's what you're supposed to do here. So in our school... There's, well, because it's one race, there's not like racism or anything like people don't really make fun of you. So that wasn't like something okay. you, you expect, right? Yeah. So your parents just like, hey, go to school yeah. and come back. So I think maybe that's what they thought it was like. You know? Yeah. Wow. And then I would imagine it would just be difficult to find, you know, the same types of foods and the herbs and things like yeah. that that you'd be getting yeah. back home. 
Well, you know, um, it was hard to eat um, sc- a school lunch. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's still hard to eat school lunch. <laughs> yeah, because, well, first of all, like, um, dairy food is not a food group in Lao culture. Mm. So if you notice, we don't see a lot of dairy products. Yeah. So most of Asians are lactose intolerant. Yeah. So not only we we can't digest, you know, we can't break down the the enzyme. Yeah, right? exactly. So it actually hurts us sometimes, right? But um, but so a lot of American food has the dairy product. But now you know people are here, we're acculturated, we can have dairy. But it was hard to eat American food because we're not used to a whole food group that wasn't part of our cuisine, Yeah. you know? So when you go to school or go to field trips, go camps or something like that, you have dairy products in your meal. You're like, it, even like the odor, oh, yeah. you know, it gives you like, uh, I don't know, a sense that you don't, you don't know what to do with it yet. Yeah. So I had to learn as well. Yeah, the good, like school lunch comes with milk or chocolate milk, like it always does. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. When I was a kid and even now when I was working in education, like you get milk. Right, right. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, so we it's, have- I mean, I won't even get into like the politics of immigration and everything, but I just recently recorded with the border angels who like yeah. assist with migrants and it's, yeah. I don't know. I just think that this kind of stuff is just not something that people think about. Like yeah. even the small little details that are difficult for people who immigrate to a new country. Yeah, ab- yeah. absolutely. Yeah, it's the little things. You know, it's the everyday things. Yeah. That you don't think about that is impactful. Yeah. You know. So let's flash forward to yeah. uh, more of the current day. Yeah. Um, what was the the impetus or like the inspiration for writing this book? Well, you know, um, I, I always tell my daughters, you know, Molly and Leela about my culture in Laos or my upbringing because I read them. So the thing when they were younger, you know, so I would always read a book a day. Oh, wow. And, you know, that was our thing. Every time they go to bed, I would. And then um, there's so many books. And I said, gosh, I don't see any books about Lao culture. And so I just instead of finding books I just read I just tell them stories about my childhood in mm. Laos so that way they can retain so they can know where their mommy came from you know yeah. that's the least I can do for my children because um, I feel like um, so so I'm the first generation right from mm-hmm. Laos but my mom is too but see like she's older yeah. so she didn't go to school here she would not she doesn't really understand so I'm I came straight I mean I went to school here so I um and then I still remember Laos. And my daughters are the next generation. So I feel like I, I have this responsibility. Like, you, you know, I want them to know kind of like what life was like when I was there. Yeah, of course. And so, you know, all the stories I told her, she would tell her first grade teacher, Miss Ajamian. Mr. Ajamian is a really wonderful teacher, absolutely, like, wonderful. And she loves culture. So, you know, Molly would tell Mr. Jamian about all the things that I would do, that I would tell, you know, the story, that she would relay the story I told her to Mr. Jamian. And then one day Mr. Jamian said, oh, Miss Bender, um, your daughter tells me, like, you eat fried grasshoppers in Laos, and, you know, you made rag dolls in Laos, and you made, like, banana shoes. She's like, oh, are those stories all true? I said, yes, they are. She's like, oh, mine. She's like, would you like to come to my um, class and do like a presentation and share that with the kids? That's so cool. So this is her first grade teacher. I said, wow, absolutely. No one's never asked me to like present my culture, you know, Yeah. let alone like um, know about it. I'm like, yes, it will be an honor. So so I thought about it. I said, how am I going to present to first grader? Because that could be a tough tough crowd. I said, you know what? Maybe I'll make like a little booklet about my life and Molly's life, and that's kind of what I did. Mm. I went in, I did a presentation, brought sticky rice and some of the toys. That that's amazing. There. Yeah, and then that was, so Molly was in first grade. Now she is in 10th grade, and I still go to her class every year. Really? And I bring my mom, my aunt, the whole family, just kind of who you met today. Yeah. So I bring that to the classroom, and, and now it's a book. You know? Yeah. So it took eight years to do that. So, you know, it's kind of got the inspiration was from the teacher, Molly, and me wanting to, you know, leave some, some, you know, culture for my daughters. Yeah. So really, like, it's it's almost a work of nonfiction, right? Like the, the girl in the book is like both of your daughters in one person, I'm assuming. And yeah. 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 
how do um, and I've seen you've gotten to, to other classrooms like how do kids usually respond to because you bring fried grasshoppers right? yes yes do they usually enjoy it or yes absolutely <gasps> well at the beginning you know well first when I didn't have grasshoppers I would bring crickets right so um, so I would have different stations, like station they can do um, banana shoes and wear it, and station where they can get dress up, and station where they can have the food, um, station where they can do... Um, we try to integrate, like when I go to Mr. Jamian, we try to integrate the book into her curriculum. Mm. So her curriculum for the day, it would be about like learning culture through like art and music. So we, write to, we try to write in the curriculum. So the so the students getting something substantial from it, you know, yeah. it's actually part of their curriculum. And when it comes to the tasting part, they love the sticky rice absolutely. And you know, at the beginning they weren't sure, but once they start, once they taste the grasshoppers, it's like they want it more. Yeah. Because you know, when they taste the grasshopper, they get the sticker, and they they're working for. Oh, that okay. Sticker. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, like, yeah. I want that sticker. So, and, and it's something like, it's, it's so interesting because they're so proud because they want to show that sticker to, to, their, to bring it home to show their family, like, hey, I ate fried grasshopper. Yeah. And what I love about that is them bringing culture back home. Yeah. And so after I finish reading, I always ask them, like, you know, you learn about Lao culture. I want you to go home and, tell, and ask your parents, like, what did they do when they were little? You know, because I want to inspire other children to learn about their culture. Oh, that's amazing. And, yeah, because it's so important, right? Because when children learn about who they are, where they're from, they become confident adults. And I feel like in that way, we can have like a better world maybe, you know? Yeah, of so course. Start, yeah, I feel like it's starting. Yeah, I mean, I have so many thoughts about that. Like, um, I mean, for starters, like I don't, I, I don't know and I'll never know what it's like to like not have representation, you know, like mm. growing up every, you know, all, all the media I consumed, like yeah. there were people I could identify with, right? Yeah. Because that's, you know, I'm part yeah. of a um, majority, you know, culture in this country. Yeah. But I think exactly like, um, again, I don't want to get like too political, but this is something that uh, f from my travels, like, I mean, I just love you know, learning about other cultures and, and, nice. and being with people. But yeah. if you, you can't hate somebody yeah. if you sit down with them and break bread with them, you know, yeah, and, yeah. and learn about them and understand Absolutely. their backstory. And I even see that as like, um, I, that's something that traveling has taught me too. So it's like, okay, if there's somebody who, and I don't mean to keep talking about immigration, but it's yeah. just an example. If there's somebody who's like, no Mexican migrants to this country, I don't want any of these people. Yeah. Like, I try to understand, well, well why? Like, yeah. Because you're a person too, what is your background? Like, how did you get to the point where you don't want that? Yeah. And if you were to sit down with a Mexican family and eat with them and hear their stories and learn about their background, I guarantee you then you'd be like, oh, okay. Yeah. Like, we are all one, you know, like... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. For, mm, what's maybe a better way to say is, is, is there ever going to be a point where your kids and you, like, go to Laos and, and they actually yeah. experience it? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Like, um, you know, because right now um, they're so busy with sports and stuff like that. So mm. I want to go when they're able to um, understand more of themselves. You okay. know, like, because um, they're still learning about themselves. So definitely, you know, I I plan on going back, show them like where where my house used to be and things like that. Because, yeah. you know, that's where I'm from, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, I I, I just want to see if, if Laos still looks the same in my memory. Yeah. <laughs> too. Well, I hope so, huh? Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. And they're not at, I mean, again, like because of education, I know teenagers, they're not at a point where like, they're too cool for all this. Yeah. Like, you know, like, because every time I see the book mentioned, like, it, they're a big part of it. Like, they're, they're yeah. half of the book. Yeah. Yeah, they are. Um, they still appreciate it or? Yeah. It, you know, yeah. you know, I think they do, but it's still undercover. So, you know, yeah. when, um, like, you know, Molly and Lila both play sports. Okay. And the, the way I try to infuse some loud culture is that I always bring sticky rice when they win. And really? that's the thing. So, like, because um, a lot of their friends, when we had play dates when they were young, um, when they come over, I always feed them sticky rice to kids. That's awesome. And they would go home. They would tell their parents, Mommy, Ms. Vaughn gave us sticky rice. Can you just get that for us? And then the parents would say, Vaughn, okay, you're making this amazing sticky rice. Like, 
can I make it? Like, what is it? So I would teach some of the moms yeah. to make the sticky rice. So I'm kind of known like the sticky rice lady in my community. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So some of the kids play, we, they play sports together. So I have this thing where every game they win, I bring them sticky rice. Wow. So, and that's another way for me to like infuse culture, but with really like lecturing the kids, yeah. right? Because that's, that's what, that's a good way to bring culture to children so they can see like, oh, Sticky Rice is from Miss Fawn, she's from Laos, um, you know, and then, um, and then Molly and Leela can also be proud, like, yeah, this is Sticky Rice. And a lot of times they are saying, hey, mommy, um, can you make Sticky Rice for Friday? You know, like it used to be where every Friday was Sticky Rice Day for lunch. Oh, wow. So, yeah. I and would, do you have, like, do they bring it with sauces and? So they just want just. Just the rice. Just rice and sometimes salt. Whoa. You know, so it's a um, and then they would bring it and then they would have requests from friends sometimes, and I I would give them extra. It's um it's a it's it's a very um, so high cool. trading value, <laughs> you know. And for me, it's so it's so sweet because at my you know thinking back, me in elementary school, I I got teased from bringing sticky rice. Yeah. Because it's so weird, you know. So I I just didn't. So it's like so this way. It's like this is. It, it means more than just the rice going to school and share. It's just this whole confirmation, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's, I think that's so interesting because I've, I've heard from, you know, other people who had immigrated to this country that were in elementary school and middle school and would bring food from their culture and kids yeah. would make fun of them. Yeah. I can't ever recall that from my youth. Yeah. I, 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 w I hate to say this, but I would think that probably if I was like, a seven-year-old kid and I was kind of dumb, I would probably make fun of someone too, unfortunately, like at that age. But like nowadays, if I saw that, like if, you know, if I had kids and I was yeah. sending my kid to school with like Lao food, like that would be so awesome. Yeah, it's, it's interesting, you know. But I think, I think kids are curious or they don't know, you know mm. what I mean? Like once they know, then once it's more accept, accepting. Yeah. Because when you're a kid, you're, you're still learning, right? So... So how is it different where I bring sticky rice when I was seven, people make fun of, mm. but my daughter at seven brings sticky rice. It's like, hey, that's so cool. Yeah. You have sticky rice, I want some. So it's the, it's the introduction of it. Yeah, you know? uh, totally. And that's why yeah. I, lo I love doing this. And like, yeah. uh, that's why I loved Bourdain because I think it yeah. really educated people yeah. on different cultures. Yeah, I think, I think it's awesome. And I think it's so possible, like um, bridging culture yeah. With food, yeah, you know, like in an in intimidating way, you know. So I just see that when I share sticky rice with kids, like young kids, and they just kind of open up and yeah. start asking more. It's like this, this is wonderful. Yeah, food's you know? like, like I was saying, food's an amazing equalizer, and like, yeah, like I mean, feeding someone is powerful to begin with, but just again, like if you sit with someone and talk and eat. Yeah. You can't be angry at them yeah. after that. <laughs> like, no, it's true. It's true. It's something, the power of food, you know? To make sticky rice. Yeah. You don't actually make it sticky, right? It's actually like that glutinous Yes, yes. It's rice. a different type of rice. Yeah. It's highly glutinous. So you, we steam them. We have a steamer. Um, and then in, first we soak it. You know, there's different ways of making it. But traditionally, like when we make it, you, you kind of soak it, you know, um, several hours and then you steam it like 40 minutes to an hour or so in a bamboo steamer. Okay. Yeah. Where do you get grasshoppers? Ah, you know, the one that I get is from Amazon. Really? Oh, so they're, they're like already dead. And yeah, yeah. So it has to be kosher because I'm taking it to school and all that oh. stuff, you know, because... If I was to catch it in my backyard and make it, there's that whole food poisoning. Yeah, issue. yeah, yeah. So I just want to make sure it's safe. Um, you just fry them in oil? Yeah, it's like saute it, you know. Ah. So I already buy, already prepare because um, if I'm taking it on the road, I just want to make sure that it's safe to eat for the kids, for other people as well. Wow. Yeah. So the book, I mean, yeah. so I had, I think, I forget if we were recording when I said this, but I had think I had first seen it on the Laos in the House yeah. Instagram. Um, but like, you know, when I was researching for this episode and it's getting a lot of attention. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah, it has been. And it's been so wonderful, you know. And um, I think the topic, um, it's a big topic when you're talking about culture. Yeah. And, um, but it's in such a, um, 
a sweet like children's you know book. Yeah. So you know the way it's presented is. It's a nice way to present. It's a big topic to teach children about culture, you know. Yeah. But it's a fun, you know, non-threatening way. I mean, I could almost see it being, you know, a whole series. Like if there's a, you know, a kid whose parents are from Kenya yeah. or from Jordan. Yeah. Like a whole series of books that are like teaching kids about various cultures. Yeah, yeah. I imagine that too. So, you know, I encourage other people to even, you know write something about their culture because they can even share with like other kids yeah. because the more we share about culture is um you know it's better for everybody you yeah. know like children just have to see something right yeah. um and so that way they they are exposed yeah i can totally see that too and you have people like uh from all around the country sending you pictures of the book at schools and things like that yeah and yeah it's, it's amazing been- it's been amazing. It's gone to like different countries, different oh. cities, and um, I am just so surprised. Like the reception it's getting, so it's hitting a chord to you know, with people. Yeah, I was gonna ask if there was um, like a rea- like a reaction from Laos. Like I don't know if you still have family there or friends or if, like if you've heard. Yeah. Well, a publisher, um, you know, his family's from Laos, and I haven't um, heard much. I'm pretty sure. I think through like some of the Facebook or you know not actual people, but we we see some people from Laos say, "Hey, do you ship you know to Laos and yeah. things like that?" So we see that um, through like um, contact through Facebook or Instagram and things like that. Yeah, okay, definitely we do see that. And you also, in addition to your daughter's school, like you go to other schools. I so saw you went to like Girl yes. Scout troops, did a, a jujitsu class. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, so um, so the Girl Scout troop is is wonderful, you know, because um, I think they got a, a culture badge for doing that. Oh, know? that's so cool! Yeah, and the and the jujitsu studios, um, awesome, because they because they learn about respect and respect other culture, so it fit right in. Yeah, you know, and I got opportunity to also talk about nutrition, the benefit of eating healthy food, or good source of protein, you yeah, know, yeah. for like um, good um, to be a good athlete. Um, and yeah, different schools, you know, so now I have different schools calling and I'm doing a read across America at the end of February. Oh, cool. And then I have events like once a month, like every month I have one or two events, um, that I, I actually have people calling me now <laughs> to, to, to want to book stuff. So I'm happy. You yeah. Know, that, must, that must be really different, right? Cause you have a career. And yeah. then, like, like how demanding is all this? Yeah, you know, it, it is, it is, but, um, but it's worth it. It's yeah. worth it because I'm sharing this message of multicultural acceptance, you know, with children, and they're so excited when I read the book, and it's just so, it's so touching, it's so heartwarming, and I feel like I'm, I'm doing something right, you know, mm. like it, it feels so, it feels so good in my heart. I don't know how to explain it. Like, it's just like this, this. This warm, fuzzy feeling when you after you're done reading and yeah. you're, you're hoping their kids can take that message to their parents and ask their parents about their culture, you know, kind of like it's not just like learning about Lao culture, but about ask about your family, your childhood, and you stay connect that way. It's like the whole family process, right? Yeah, that's so beautiful. It's just kind of like that. If I'm able to get that message and have kids to go back and ask about their grandparents and things like that, I think that's just so awesome. Yeah, that's amazing. Know? Yeah. I mean, again, like, this isn't necessarily your career, but do you have aspirations of doing a follow-up or writing another book? Or Yeah, yeah, definitely. So this this might be something that kind of sneaked up on me. I, I truly enjoy it. Um, yeah, I do have other manuscripts. So, you know, I start writing when, when my daughters were younger. So I, I have manuscripts about different things, different experiences, you know. Mm. Um, and I, I do have, you know, th- things along the line, you know, oh, cool. but yeah, but right now just kind of focusing, getting the message out, you know, being with the kids or, um, places that would want the book, things like that. Yeah. And, you know, try to help promote Lao culture as well, because there's, you know, we're, we're a small country, right? Small community. Um, but we have big hearts, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I was actually going to, something had come up, so I was going to try to come to San Diego a week earlier than I did, and I saw, because I had seen on your, I think on your Instagram, the, uh, like, Rise event, the Rise Up event? Oh, yes, the Rise Up event. Did you go to that? Yeah, I did. I help, I help volunteer. 
um, it was, uh, it's an event to bring awareness. Um, yeah. I have the flyer. Oh, right here. So that way, I don't want to miss anything. Yeah, I'll read that. Okay, cool. So I can explain that. Oh, wow, yeah, yeah. So, um, Tim, this is your copy. Oh, that's amazing. Thank but you so I, much. I have to sign it. Yeah, I'm Okay. Cool. Um, okay, so 42.52. Yeah. Okay. Gosh, that would have been great if you were there. <laughs> yeah, I, oh, man. And, and at first I was like, I don't know if I belong there, but then I saw it was like, welcome, you know, anyone welcome. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm upset that I didn't go, but. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. No. It was an awesome event. It was a, it was a sold out event. Okay. Over a thousand people were there. It was wow. amazing. So it's, um, it's put together by the um, Lao Asian Amer um let's see, the, um, the Lao, uh, the Lao community out in San Diego. Mm. So rise up is um, is to bring. Oh, um, there was there's a Senate bill. It's a Senate bill, nine eighty five. That I was see that, yeah. yeah, that was um, that was passed. Um, so that would include. Oh, it passed. Yeah, it it passed. Oh. It passed by Janet Nguyen. She was a congresswoman out in Orange County. Vietnamese. So yeah, Vietnamese. So you know that bill was passed, but it included Vietnamese. Um, include the no the the Senate Bill 895 was passed to include the history of Vietnamese American refugee experiences. Yeah. Um, the Cambodian um, genocide and the Hmong history and culture studies. So, but the history of Laos, Lao Asian and Laos um, were not included. Oh, wow. So, so they, um, so we weren't included even though it's, it's passed, you know. So, right, I see that here, yeah. So that's why we had the, um, that's why they had the, the rise up. It's like a fundraiser so that way we could be included um, in the in the bill. Yeah, of course. So I think right now we're trying to do like a, a amendment. You know, I don't know so much about it in yeah. detail, but definitely, you know, we're we came together for that night so that way we can bring awareness That's so and cool. we can be part of this uh, bill because we're we're part of the Vietnam War. We're part of American part of history. America, yeah. You know, and um, and to leave us out, it, it wouldn't be right. You know, so we want to be part of it, and that's why we're all there. Yeah, that this is for California, right? For California, yeah. but we do have the um, petition that anybody can sign. Okay. So um, I can give you the the website yeah, uh, yeah. later. If anybody can, it's like a national um, petition. Yeah, if they can sign it, that would really, really help us, you know? Yeah, this, I mean, this is sort of near and dear to me. Like, history was the subject I taught that I coached teachers in. Oh, awesome. Um, and, like, we would always talk about this, like, you know, something like the Vietnam War, you learn a tiny bit about it. Yes. <laughs> but you don't learn about, like, again, I don't think people even know, like, it's called, we call it the Vietnam War here. Yeah. But, like, what happened in Laos? Like, there was yeah. a big part of it that, uh, like, the, the CIA was, um, oh my God, what is his name? The guy from the CIA. Uh, J. Edgar Hoover? No, I'm sorry. Yeah. But like had a, a whole campaign of bombing in Cambodia. Mm. And I don't know, people, people don't learn about that and I think that they'd be pretty surprised. So um, yeah, this is an important thing. Yeah, if, if, yeah, if you can help spread the words and you know, have yeah, people yeah. sign the petition, that would really help us. Yeah, definitely. it's amazing. Yeah. Is, I mean, it's cool to see that. Like, we talked about legacies of war. Yes. Um, Laos in the house. I don't know. I, like, <laughs> I can't, like, I'm not part of, like, the Lao community, but I, I just, like, watching, like, those Instagram feeds and just see, like, the different events that pop up and stuff like oh. that. Like, it's it's really cool. No, you have a Lao soul, so we're adopting you. Yeah. I, I, I think, yeah, I just, I'm, a like, a, a global person, I guess. No, you no. know, it's, someone said this to me recently, um, person I mentioned to you before we were recording. Yeah. Uh, but it was something in the effect of like, like, when are you happiest, right? Yeah. And to me, again, like what we were doing before. Yeah. I'm going to get like freaking emotional here. Uh, oh. Like to me is like, is the the best thing that happens in my life. Like yeah. I'll go, 
I, I, I keep telling this story again and again, but I don't care. Yeah. Uh, I was in Brunei. Yeah. And like, don't know anyone there. Don't know anyone yeah, that's ever yeah. been there. Yeah. Meet a guy like five minutes into being in the city who has like a little water taxi. Yeah. And he's like, I could take you around. And I'm like, oh, is it a scam? Awesome. Whatever, I'll do it, right? Yeah, yeah. So I get on the boat and he's like, why don't you come to my house? Like, you'll meet my wife, have some lunch. So I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. Cool. So I go, I have, um, um, oh my God, I'm losing it now. I am goreng, which is uh, just oh. fried chicken and, and rice, nasi. Oh my gosh, wonderful. And they say to me, because the food's very similar yeah. to Indonesian. Yeah, yeah. Um, they say... What are your favorite Indonesian dishes? Yeah. So I, I named like 10 things. And they're like, come back Sunday night. Like <gasps> the night you're going to leave and like we'll have food for you. Oh my gosh, Tim. And so I go back with like a friend I had made in Brunei. Yeah. And I'm sitting and I'm eating with these people like total stranger. Yeah. No reason to be nice to me. They're telling me about their travel. Oh my I'm telling, gosh. Me, telling them about mine. Like we're eating amazing food. Love it. it. Th- th- to me, that's like, the, I don't know. Like, Dream come it, true. It, it's the height of living to me. Uh, so um, I, I love it. stuff like this. Um, I, love I love your story. I love oh, sitting down here with your family and eating. So, yeah, if, if I love it, besides the education that people can get from from this episode, like, you know, put yourself out there, learn about other people, yeah. sit with other people, eat with them. I uh, agree. You know, it uh, for me, at least, has led to like a really fulfilling and fruitful life. So yeah. I would imagine it would do that for other people as well. No, I, yeah. and you, I'm so glad that you, you know, you contact me yeah. and just, just giving us some exposure too with the Lao community, you know, yeah, we course. so appreciate it. Like I know we're here at, um, Crazy Kai, you know, yeah. nicest <laughs> guy that owns here, the you yeah. know, best, um, best, um, barbecue, you know, that yeah. I have had for a long time and just the hospitality, you know, so bringing exposure even like to this area, you know, we just so much appreciate it because, yeah. well, you know, for a long time, like we, we always have to say when they when they ask us where you're from from Laos, I always say, what is that? Yeah. So to have someone say, hey, I want to talk about Laos, so you have no idea that how much that means oh, to amazing. us. You know, <laughs> when you contact me and say, hey, I want to talk about your culture because I yeah. know about Laos. Yeah. Because well, usually, I know a little bit. <laughs> you yeah, know it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, but 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 you've been there. But yeah, it's, yeah. it's always like the other way. Yeah, you know? of course. So yeah, so appreciate that. It's well, thank big, you. It's such a big deal to us. How can people find the book? Find out about you? Like, where can they go online to get this stuff? Um, so I do have. We do. Um, our book is on Sawtu Press. Sawtu Press um, is the printing press. Um, it's also um, it's a Lao. You know, he is also from Repertory, is Noor Salavonse. He's the one that runs that. He's also the illustrator. Okay. So Satu Press is the, um, the press that you can um, you can get the book there or also through Amazon. Okay, great. And or eBay. And um, and also Mommy is Fried Grasshopper has an Instagram that says Mommy is Fried Grasshopper. Great. So you always can check us out there um, and then, you know, give us a, um, a like or a follow. Yeah. And, you know, check us out. So what I'm going to do, too, is I, whenever I have an author on, I'll do a giveaway. Okay. So for people, I mean, I'll put this in the intro. It's always something simple. Like yeah. if, you know, if 100 people email me, I can't give it to 100 people. But if, if 100 people do, I'll pick five out of them. Like So people can just email me at thevoyagesoftimvetter at gmail.com and say, like, why they'd like a copy of the book. It's, Amazon's very easy for me because I'm on the road, but I can just nice. order it and have it shipped directly to them. So... You know, oh, if you're out there and you're interested in the book, tell me why and I'll pick a couple of you and you'll get the book. So, oh, thank you. We'll do that. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for the love and support. Yeah. And somebody, I mean, Kop Jai Lai Lai. Oh, my God. Those are the two things I knew. Sabadee and Kop Jai. Yeah. So, but Kop Jai Lai Lai is like extra, right? Like, thank you very much. Yeah. Very much. Extra love. Yes, exactly. Kop Jai means thank you. Lai Lai is very much. Yes. Well, Kop Jai Lai Lai to you as well. I love it. Yeah. Kop Jai Lai Lai. Yeah. Thank you so much. Cheers. Thank you. It's been wonderful. Thanks, Tim. All right, folks, that is a wrap on episode number 102 of the Voyages of Tim Vetter podcast. I want to thank my guest today, Miss Von Bender, and her entire family, all of the people at Crazy Kai, the wonderful Lao community in Corona, California. You guys are amazing. I'm so happy to know you all and to now be friends with you all. And I can't wait to come back. I heard that there's a celebration in April that's pretty crazy and is a big party. So 
we'll see. We'll see uh, what I can pull off. So I mentioned in this episode that if you're interested in getting a free copy of the book, that you should just email me. And yeah, you should do that. So email me at the voyages, no, yes, the voyages of Tim Vetter at gmail.com. That's the voyages of Tim Vetter at gmail.com. Tell me why you want the book or why you think you deserve it, what you love about the episode or about Laos or about the book. And I'll pick a couple of those and I will have a copy mailed to you from Amazon because I am not home to home. Where is home nowadays, Tim? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> home tonight actually is at an amazing Airbnb in these crazy hills in Los Angeles. So I'll throw some of those pictures up on the IG stories when this episode comes out. But anyway, wow, really going off on a tangent here. Yeah, shoot me an email if you're interested in a copy of the book. And obviously I can't send one to everybody. Money's tight these days. But I'll send out maybe five copies. And yeah, enjoy it and share it and, uh, you know, show it to your kids or if you're a teacher, share it with students. I think it's a great book to, um, you know, really help to spread Lao culture to young folks here in the States. So, all right, folks. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And as always, please take care of each other. Bye-bye.